0: Okay. How do you think things are going at the border, sir? Much better than much much better than you all expected. <laughs> do you have any plans to visit no, the border? No, I think. <laughs> pardon me.
1: Do you have any plans to visit the border?
0: Not in the near term. No, no. Just be disruptive, not anything else. And by the way, and uh, when I went up to Bo's bench, you know, up at the other about four miles up, I uh, met two. Uh, Two people come up to me, there were a bunch of people, that's why I was a little late, I was taking a lot of pictures. But uh, uh came up and said, we went to St. Paul's in Scranton, we went to <laughs> the same little grade school that I went to. And uh, so I was up there with Scranton people everywhere.
2: Uh, we- President,
0: It's just you a lot, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: Uh, Secretary Mayorkas said this morning that the numbers at the border have gone down since Title 42 was lifted. Are you confident that the numbers have peaked, that they'll continue to go no, down? Look,
0: they look, they have gone down. My hope is they'll continue to go down, but we have more, a lot more work to do. And we need some more help from the Congress as well in terms of funding and legislative changes. Anyway, thank you all. Are you looking you forward to your trip on Wednesday? I am. I, I hope, it, uh, hope we're able to make it. Was it a nice Mother's Day? What?
1: Well, that really, that inspires confidence, doesn't it? Uh, to hear your commander-in-chief, who can barely uh, usher, utter the words correctly, to tell you, oh, the border. It's not as bad as you expected, is it? Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I just saw some guys down the beach who went to my uh, my grade school. It's just, you know, this is really funny. Did you have a good Mother's Day? Oh, yes, I had a great Mother's Day. And the numbers are down, by the way, at the border. The numbers are down. So that's your Commander-in-Chief. Meanwhile, the border is seeing some 10,000 people cross every day uh, after the lifting of Title 42. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. Well, Houston literally has a problem right now. And we're going to talk about that today with uh, Ken Cuccinelli. Ken's an expert on this, as you know. We'll introduce him properly in just a second. Uh, But I don't think you're going to want to miss this conversation. Because it has some information in it about what's happening there and also some things that you and I can do. So I hope you'll stay tuned. But meanwhile, we are grateful for the sponsorship of Preborn for this program, Sandy Rios 24-7. And every day, they are helping girls like Mackenzie. In her case, it seemed like the op- only option, that is abortion. But she and her boyfriend agreed to an ultrasound. It was still too early to determine if her baby was healthy and viable but her client advocate was able to help them better understand fetal development and what is involved in an abortion. They were both horrified. They were invited to come back for a second ultrasound after hearing her baby's heartbeat. Then it became real, but she still wasn't sure. After a third ultrasound, she was still confused. But when the client advocate told her about God and the miracle of life, she and her boyfriend decided to keep that baby. And now they're signed up for parenting classes and other services offered by the pre-born uh, network. And so this is what they do. They not only show the women what their babies look like before their birth, they see them sucking their thumb or moving around, they could see if it's a boy or a girl, but they also give them supplies. And they tell them, most importantly, about God, the creator, and the designer, and give them you know, a reason, an understanding of why life is so sacred. If you would like to help preborn do this, you can go to preborn dot com slash sandy. that's preborn dot com slash sandy. You can become a monthly partner or you can give a one- time gift. it's twenty eight dollars to provide one ultrasound to a mom who just doesn't know what she should do. She's not married or she has too many children, whatever the reason. this is something that helps them see the baby and understand the value of the life, that precious child in their womb. So you can go to preborn.com slash Sandy and make your best donation, preborn.com slash Sandy. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the next episode of Sandy Rios 24-7.
0: Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, thank you so much for joining me this morning. You are getting regular updates from the southern border. What is the latest with regard to border crossings? And do you believe the surge has peaked?
3: Dana, uh, over the past two days, the United States Border Patrol has experienced a 50% drop in the number of encounters versus what we were experiencing earlier in the week before Title 42 ended At midnight on Thursday. It is still early. We are in day three. But, you know, we've been planning for this transition for months and months, and we've been executing on our plan, and we will continue to do so.
1: Executing is a good word, actually. I think we're watching the execution of the United States of America, that's Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, telling us that, you know, there's nothing to see here. Title 42 was lifted. We'll get into that in a second. And as a matter of fact, crossings have gone down by 50 percent. What's the big deal? Well, you might understand by the time we finish this conversation why there's a push to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, joining me is Ken Cuccinelli this morning, good friend, but that's not his—that's uh, t- not his uh, claim to fame. He's a senior fellow for Homeland Security and Immigration for uh, for the Center for American Center for Renewing America. Uh, You remember that Ken's been my guest so often we've become friends through the years. Uh, He was the Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security and the Director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services under President Trump, Um, and he was the former Attorney General of Virginia. Ken uh, knows all about the border, and I figured it would be uh, really good to talk to him this morning. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for joining me.
2: Always a pleasure with you.
1: Thank you, Ken. All right, everybody talks about Title 42, and um, and we can be, well, let's be kind of elementary. Like, in general, what is it? You guys put it in place during the Trump administration. What did it do?
2: Sure. So, uh, yeah, a, a quick refresher. Title 42, That wor- so words alone refer to the public health title of the U.S. Code of Laws. Um, That's what Title 42 refers to. And a public health order was put in place for the border in March of 2020 in response to COVID, which allowed the Border Patrol and other supporting law enforcement to turn illegal border crossers around between the ports of entry immediately. And when I was Deputy Secretary, we reached the point of returning over 90 percent of all illegal border crossers back into Mexico in under two hours. So it can be done. And one of the things sort of missed in the Biden administration by our own folks is the fact that Title 42 didn't go away. They used it less, but for most of the Biden administration, they were still removing, believe it or not, over half of the border crossers, between ports of entry using Title 42, that gradually dip below 50%. Nonetheless, if you use 50% as an easy number, Sandy, then what you know is with no change in the flows that Mayorkas was lying about there in that interview, um, well, deceiving about in that interview, uh, they're still going <laughs> to oh, yeah, release don't... twice as many people into the United States every day by taking down Title 42 as they were before. So with no change in the flow, we effectively double the number of illegals coming into the United States every day.
1: So, Ken, on the health thing, just before we go to other things, this Title 42, did that just apply to AIDS, I mean, um, COVID, or did it? does it apply to all communicable diseases?
2: Um, it is COVID-focused. COVID was the reason for it. Um, it doesn't require immigration officials to do a medical evaluation. It just gives them authority on the border to turn people back right away.
1: Okay. All right. So now the, uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, just told us that uh, crossings are down 50%. So tell us the truth, Ken Kuchanali. How many people now, since the ban was lifted on Thursday, last Thursday, how many people have been coming across the border?
0: So
2: with the 50% drop he was talking about, which wasn't even accurate for his dissembling was from a, from literally the peak day over the last week, which I think was 11 or 12,000. They had three days in a row over 10,000, which is unimaginable really. And so he was, you know, so proud that it dropped down to something like 7,000 a day. Do the math on that, folks. Times thirty—that's two hundred and ten thousand people a day. That's like the population of Wyoming twice a week. Uh, sorry, uh, every every two months or three months or so, and um, got to get my terms correct. And <laughs> that's all, and that's going up because now everybody in the world knows that this administration is gonna has made it harder for themselves to remove you. And that's quite intentional.
1: Yes. And that's the point. I think, uh, you know, it's a point I've made before, but I'll make it again. This is all, we have to think globally because this is a global initiative uh, set in place by many people like George Soros who's poured millions into opening the borders everywhere in the world. Um, it's, a, it's a way to break down countries and that's what's happening. I don't think I would need to convince anyone of that. Also, I mean, you know, Ken. Um, I, I don't want to dwell on this, but I, I remember long, a long time ago, because I've done lots of programs on this, talking about the health effects down the border. I talked to medical people down there. They're having outbreaks uh, down closer, like Texas, and on the border. Now it's happening all over the country, but of diseases that have that it would never have, we haven't had in decades or maybe hundreds, a hundred years in this country. So, and there's a reason for that, so that we've got the health problems, then there's housing problems and there's uh, employment problems. There's the cost of things problems. There's the strain on the infrastructure, the wear and tear on highways and utilities. It's just unbelievable. And then there's, of course, the crime, so much crime. And help us understand, they are coming through that, you know, we see video on television, them walking through this big fence and then they're being, getting on buses and they're going where, where are they going, Ken?
2: Everywhere, everywhere. I mean, um, the, you know, we might as well inject a little humor in here. The most amusing is when they take them to sanctuary cities and then those people scream bloody murder about
1: it. Yeah, like New York, uh, yes,
2: like the, Chicago, and, New Chicago. York and all the rest. Yeah. And, um, and you know, but the reality is there there are so many of them, they're everywhere. I mean the, the Heritage Foundation did a uh did a study using the identification of phone numbers and they took it through I'm doing this from memory, but through one um large non government organization. So our government gives this so called nonprofit, pays them to distribute illegals all over the country and they and thir, within 30 days they found those phone numbers they found those phone numbers literally in 434 out of 435 congressional districts i don't know which wow. one didn't have yeah. any but but that gives you an idea all over the country in 30 days
1: and of course and we know in the past the goal has been to kind of take them into uh red states uh, where there is, uh, well, to, to change the fabric of those red states and to break down the strong conservative governance that Republicans have, I'll say Republicans, even though I don't like to make this political, because I don't think it is. I don't think this is political. I think this is a war against people who want to destroy this country and people who want to save it. And you can be a Republican or a Democrat. Hopefully there are a few Democrats that don't want to they still don't want to destroy the country. Uh, but anyway, there, it's a breakdown of the fabric, and especially in these states, which
0: which well, brings let, well, me to
2: let me let me uh, let me touch on that. So, okay, um, you know, forty years ago, if you think of Tip O'Neill and and Ronald Reagan, they disagreed on things, but nobody doubted that Tip O'Neill thought the Constitution was the greatest foundation for the greatest nation in the history of the world. Uh, I don't think either of those are a majority position in the Democrat caucus today. Um, you know, that is, uh, that's what we're up against. We're up against people who are against America, not for America. Um, at least what you and I have always grown up and known to be America. Yeah. So it's a, it's a different story here today. We're literally fighting a Marxist ideology. They use race instead of class today and but but it make no mistake it's all the same the outcomes are intended to be the same and everything else yeah. that's what we're up against today this is yeah. part of a much bigger plan and erasing the border is part of the plan this what you and i see down there is a disastrous failure this is the plan this is success to them yeah,
1: exactly it's scary Boy, I found that out a long time ago. Kim, when I was doing radio in Chicago, I was just starting out, talk radio, drive time. Uh, I mean, I always paid attention to politics. That's why I was doing the show. But, um, oh boy, did my uh, eyes open up when I realized I couldn't understand the policies of the left. I was in Chicago, and they were always doing things that made no sense. And I thought, how could intelligence pe- people make such a decision? What, why, How in the world did they come to that conclusion? And then when I realized... Uh, they have a very different goal in mind. It's not that they're dumb. It's not that they don't get it. It's that they are trying to destroy right. and deconstruct. And so that, that helped me to understand that was the turning point. But I want to take bring us back now, of course. Uh, a federal judge made a ruling that I don't understand. Supp- uh, he said basically uh, that, I believe, that letting floods of people across our border was unconstitutional, and so something has stopped. But what is that something?
2: You talking about the Florida ruling?
1: I guess so. I, I guess
2: I. Judge, yeah. You know,
1: Ashley Mooney so, was the one who said this, so maybe it must be Florida. She said, "I yes, thought it was." A,
2: yes. Yeah. Okay. She won a she won a case just before midnight on Thursday that blocked pure catch and release. Basically, what they're required to do now is they have to give everyone a court date before they release them. They were literally releasing people and saying, "Just report to the ICE office near you, wherever you end up." Well, you can mm-hmm. guess how many people were going to do that. Um, and um, so it it increases the logistical obligations on the government, but. My understanding is they're giving court dates now out almost 10 years, which is silly. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. And what are we going to hear five years from now? Oh, they've been here so long. We should just let them stay. No way, Jose. This is no way. That's exactly how we get into this cycle is not enforcing our laws and then, and then collapsing again. I mean, this was one of Ronald Reagan's big mistakes in 1986, the amnesty of 86. Um, because now everybody thinks there'll be another one at some point in time, and we can never let that happen again.
1: Yeah, well, if we even had the opportunity, Ken, I guess I'm not optimistic. I uh, Let's talk about the state responses, because we've had Florida and Texas respond. Um, uh, Governor DeSantis and Ashley Moody, the <laughs> Attorney General, what has been Florida's response to, to this? What have they said? What have they done? Well,
2: Obviously, there's the lawsuit we just talked about, but they've also passed an entire raft of legislation that DeSantis um, shepherded through his legislature, making raising penalties, state penalties, for participating in human trafficking. And they count that as the placement of unaccom- so-called unaccompanied minors. So the state is playing a role in 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 blocking uh, the facilitation of that trafficking by the federal government. Um, so DeSantis has been very aggressive in stepping in here. And of course, we all remember when he took the illegals up to Martha's Vineyard, sanctuary <laughs> island, right? Yes, so sanctuary we do. they don't even want them there.
0: Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh wow. Oh I mean the irony, the irony. It was great. But, I, but, okay, so if a bus load of, three bus loads, let's say 10 bus loads of uh, illegal immigrants fresh from the border get bused into Florida, there's nothing Florida can do.
2: No, states can't, as of now, states can't treat their own borders, their own state borders, um, like the Border Patrol might the national border. But, you know, Texas, the border states, Theoretically, New Mexico, Arizona, California, but let's talk about Texas. Texas, under the Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, is being invaded. And if you read the end of Article 1, the Compacts Clause, you can see that the states, when they're actually invaded, have the authority to operate independently to repel that invasion. And there were signs last week that Greg Abbott was starting to do this in one place or another on the border. Not everywhere, Um, But the fact that he's doing it anywhere is a change. Um, He's been, obviously, like the rest of us, complaining about the federal failure in this area for quite some time. The problem is he's in a position to actually do something about it, and thus far he hasn't done it. Um, Last week we saw the first signs that he may start stepping up and actually barring the way.
1: Well, interesting, because I saw an interaction with Eric Bowling, who was uh, interviewing Governor Abbott, and uh, complaining about your criticism of Governor Abbott for his inaction, and actually that was my next question to you. I, I would this is a mystery. You know, I I go back. Uh, I was uh, president of Concerned Women for America when he was running. Well, he I don't think he was Attorney General first, but I met him when he was new, in the arena, and I think he was running for governor. He was so impressive. You know, he just seemed uh, like uh, he was just so impassioned about so many things that that uh, that we that I cared about. Um, and so this whole business of the border has been a mystery because he has really been slow to the party. Uh, do you have any thoughts, any ideas, why in the world a conservative governor from a re- big Republican conservative state would be hesitant about defending his own border?
2: <laughs> well... Uh, I will go back a number of years, and I'll just point this out because it's important for the future for your listeners to know. It is easy, and I do mean easy, for any Republican attorney general to appear conservative taking on a Democrat presidential administration. It's easy because all you do is fight and you look tough because you are tough, but that does not give – people any sort of sense of when it's that individual's time to take affirmative steps what will they do gives them very little and you know you look at his ag time and you think wow he was just doing battle and he said the favorite thing to do is to wake up every morning and fight obama and um and and and, and that sounds great right And you want him to do that. And he was good at it. Let's not take away credit. But as governor, you know, he's been reluctant to, frankly, be aggressive on the conservative front. And the border is no different. I mean, we've had two years of what they call Operation Lone Star. You notice they're never they're always called cool names, right? They're never called Operation Stand There and Watch.
0: Yeah, And um,
2: (laughs) it's a lot of it's a lot of money to build up to last week being the first time they start removing people. But again, I want to give credit. They're not removing. They just blocked them. They haven't gone so far as removing people, which they have the power to do under Article 1, Section 10. And the governor, by the way, has declared an invasion a long time ago under Article 1, Section 10. So he's done everything except exercise the powers that that article offers him as the commander-in-chief of Texas State Forces until this past week. So now what we need him to do is we need him to spread that from just where it was happening in the Rio Grande Valley, and we need other governors to send reinforcements. If he's actually going to repel people, that's worth sending your folks. You know, uh, Governor DeSantis, Governor Young can go around the country um, to all the Republicans, Governor Reynolds, Nome you know this is worth spending money and sending manpower whether it be national guard or law enforcement this is a national security task not a law enforcement task but but it's low level so we're we're talking about using a constitutional war power of states but i don't want anybody to have the wrong idea we're not talking about tanks and planes and bombing mexico really all this looks like is state officials doing pretty much the same thing uh, under this constitutional authority that the federal officials were doing under Title 42 for two years. It looks exactly the same. Stop would them, I, turn them around, take them back to Mexico,
0: and do you think, you're done.
2: Uh,
1: would I be like uh, crazy to think that Ken Cuccinelli might be trying to get them to do that right now behind the scenes in your capacity? That sounds like something that you would do to solve this problem, Ken. Uh, I i um, uh,
2: I'm, yes. I'm definitely pushing in that direction. Yeah. And I know that they're frustrated by my public criticism, yeah. but look, I, I will publicly praise you've heard me give credit for the repelling they did do last week. Um, so that's a positive change. Um, this isn't just, you know, to beat up on Greg Abbott, who, you know, I was friends with 13 years ago. I'm, and I consider myself, so I doubt he does judging by the responses I'm seeing, but, um, Nonetheless, I, he, he is in the stopgap. No one else; his legislature can't make him do this. He alone holds the constitutional power mm-hmm. to defend Texas's border in the absence of the federal government.
1: Well, of course, I believe it's very important to hold uh, people feet to the fire, even if they are friends. We have to, for their sake too. It's for their good too. If they uh, anyway, so go for it, Ken. Hold his feet to the fire, and I'll. We have a lot of Texas yeah, listeners, well, so. They'll be holding his and feet to the fire that. too.
2: I'm really about about truth. Yes, that's, that's it, and and what works. And yes. um, I mean when Democrats do the right thing, I praise them too. It just doesn't happen very often.
1: Yeah. Okay. So along that vein, I know that you have uh, you've put your support behind Ron DeSantis for, in the presidential primary. Yeah. Um. And but but let me just say, you know, uh, President Trump just said in a, that CNN town hall that he would deport, I think it was in the town hall, that he would deport, uh, do mass deportations of these uh, immigrants, is, if, uh, if one, either of them get in the White House. Is that a possibility?
2: Um, it's awfully hard once they're in. Congress is going to have to change the rules, and the president says a lot of hyperbolic things. Um, but for all your listeners, anytime you, you hear him say, I'm going to do X to solve that problem, You should really ask, well, why didn't you do it last time? Why didn't you do it last time? And a big part of the reason that I'm supporting Ron DeSantis, I I like the president. I was proud of the decisions he made, and I was happy to implement them. But I saw on the inside how his own random picks of people who were against him on policy, and we, we all know names, but it's such a long list, Reince Priebus, Rex Tillerson, John Mattis, John Pelly, uh, you know, Distes- Tony
1: Fauci, Johnny DiStefano. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Y- yes, yeah, exactly. When you hire a John Boehner person to run your personnel um, and he submarines you and you let him do it, who's to blame? Oh. And uh, And he never learned. Old dog doesn't learn new tricks. And I'm sorry, that's not going to change. And when you're confronted with the best chief executive, We've had in this country in decades in Governor Ron DeSantis, and you can get him for eight years instead of four of combat and losing for the rest of the Republican ticket. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? And, and you undoubtedly noticed in the last day or two, the president came back out again and was attacking Ron DeSantis for, wait for it, being too pro-life. Again, blaming the pro-lifers after the election, of the midterm election, attacking DeSantis repeatedly for being pro-life, something he's proud of. Um, it, you know, for the pro-lifers listening, believe him when he says it. Believe him when he says it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, sometime I'd like to talk to you. I should have you back to have that discussion. I'm actually... I have a lot of other thoughts, but I don't want to take us off the track. I wanted to hear what you had to say about that. Um, I want to go back to the border, and this is something I heard last week. I've been trying to find the article since I've been talking to you here, and I can't find it. This came from an insider uh, who reported that, I believe, in Brazil or Colombia. It's either Colombia or Brazil. Uh, there have there have been reports of camps, like uh, camps that are... Uh, uh, where they're, they're bringing in immigrants from all over the world and sort of um, preparing them to go into the United States and then bussing them across the southern, bringing them up and bussing them across the southern border. Have you heard anything about that?
2: Um, I've heard things like it. Um, and uh, it's, whether I've seen it specifically or not, is kind of secondary because realize this is a business. The The president of the United States has opened our border and created a big, booming business for the most evil, vicious people in the Western Hemisphere, the Mexican drug cartel. They're making more money today trafficking in people, many of them, probably than they are in drug trafficking. That is amazing, and it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing to this country. It's dangerous to this country. Um, and that's without even talking about the gotaways um, who, you know, are the most dangerous people coming across our border. Uh, but, you know, that's where we are today. And like I said, when you hear the President Trump say, well, this is what I'm going to do about it. Well, why didn't you do it last time? Why didn't you do it last time? And in the case of his, you know, internal deportations comment, there are reasons. That's very hard. That's why it's so important to keep them out in the first place. Because once they're in, it is fifty times harder to remove them. So much harder.
1: One last question, Ken. Yeah, one last question. Uh, the border agents, agents, you you know, worked with many of them, I'm sure. And I just want your thoughts about what's what's going on in their minds, and if they've given up, and. Um, how we can support, or how we should think about them, how we can pray for them—I just don't even know what to say. Uh, just tell, give us an update on the border. Well, agents. we
2: definitely need to pray for them, especially the ones who are sticking around through this terrible administration. <clears throat> they came in to protect you and me, and they're doing the best they can to do it, given the orders they have to operate under. Public service for people in government means obeying the legal commands of those who are right who are, you know, in in office above you. And um, we when we talk about the deep state, we're talking about people who are who are not public servants. They're there to implement their own agenda. And these people have sworn an oath to the Constitution. And yet they're getting orders that essentially tie their hands. They the ICE and CBP have both been reorganized by this administration to intentionally make them less effective because they want them to fail. Remember what we said earlier, Sandy, what you and I see on the border, oh my gosh, is failure. And what a failure it is, um, it is intended. And yet we see a mistake. This is intentional policy. And I'm afraid I've got to jump here. Yep. But uh, so much right, bad well, news to talk about.
1: That's all right. Well, we, listen, Ken, always appreciate your time. And your friendship. And I, I just, you know, I always say this, but I have to say, I thank God for you because of your steadfastness and your just sense of truth. So thank you, and thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you again soon.
3: You're
2: very kind. Alrighty, bye.
1: Bye. You know, Ken Cuccinelli is one of my favorite guests. I always enjoy talking to him. Even when the topic is dreadful, he finds some humor there. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's an unserious person. I mean, I've never seen anyone with more. I realized, you know, I read his bio this morning a fresh and did not know he studied engineering. That makes sense, because what he studies has applied his engineering mind to all the governmental positions I've ever seen him in. He has, he's a problem solver, and it's pretty amazing. So I hope you enjoyed that um, few minutes that we had with him. I want to thank Preborn, because they, uh, they bring hope to pregnant women. You know that is scary it never never changes. Women find out they're pregnant and they are in a circumstance where they don't think they can carry the baby and it's frightening. It's frightening to take that test and wait for the answer to come and so women like that uh finally they have a choice they either have to they either keep the baby or they go through a pregnancy. uh they feel like alone or isolated or ridiculed or whatever it is that they're so afraid of but preborn's network of clinics brings hope to pregnant women considering abortion by using ultrasound. For just $28, you can sponsor an ultrasound and write a brand new story. Visit preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And make your most generous donation. And I thank you for that in advance.
0: Sandy Rios 24-7 is growing,
1: and we want to help you grow too. If your business or nonprofit is interested in sponsoring Sandy Rios 24-7, you can email us at twenty four seven at gmail.com. That's InfoAgeMedia 24-7 at gmail.com.
0: This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, thank you so much for joining me this morning. You are getting regular updates from the southern border. What is the latest with regard to border crossings and do you believe the surge has peaked
3: again uh over the past two days the united states border patrol has experienced a 50 percent drop in the number of encounters versus what we were experiencing earlier in the week before title 42 ended at midnight on thursday it is still early we are in day three but you know we've been planning for this transition for months and months and we've been executing on our plan, and we will continue to do so.
1: Wow, 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 wow. We're so impressed. We're so impressed with Alejandro Mayorkas. I thought you'd want to hear that again. And I've asked uh, Bruce to join me because I thought maybe he might not be convinced. I thought perhaps we should hear Mayorkas say it again so we could let it soak in that it's down by 50%, the crossings.
4: Before listening to that tape, I thought President Biden may have been the biggest liar in the U.S. government. But now Secretary Mayorkas uh, is at least as bad, if not worse. He is absolutely living, while he's not living in a delusional world, he's making it a, delis- a delusional world. He is intentionally misleading the United States people.
1: Yes, no question about that. And we have that happening in all the agencies. We have that happening with the FBI director, Bruce. Chris Ray stands up there and lies, about what they knew and didn't know, we have just—it's a—it's an. I remember saying this; it's really funny. I just just remember this, Bruce, when I was on the air in Chicago, in the late '90s, and Bill Clinton was uh, being impeached for his escapade with Monica Lewinsky, and he made that statement in a deposition about something about lying, and he says it dep- when he said "is" use the word "is." Was he lying? I forgot the context of that, but it was, of course, just a semantic, and Bill Clinton responds, well, it depends on what is, is. And then there was a national conversation about lying. Everybody lies, they told us, and they started, we had a whole series of news coverages and articles written about lying and how important lying was at some times, and everybody lies, and basically, of course, covering for President Clinton at the time, even if people didn't realize that was happening. And I remember saying this on the air, Bruce. I remember saying, you know, when we all begin to lie, the entire fabric of society breaks down. Marriages break down. If you can't trust each other, the marriage breaks down. Legal uh, agreements, contracts break down. If you cannot keep your word, Uh, if you go to a doctor and he lies to you, or doesn't tell you the truth. You can no longer trust your doctor. Uh, it goes, it, I mean, I could go, and, and it, I just said lying is the fabric which knits us together in trust and helps us to do business and have friendships and marriages and relationships and legal uh, proceedings. Um, it just kind of comes back to me. Now, here we are. Bruce, here we are.
4: Well, I would challenge anyone uh, that thinks we're being unfair to Secretary Mayorkas by calling him a liar Look at the videotape of the people that are coming across that border. It is like a fire hose of people, and you know he loves to play word games. He he uses the, the term, "Oh, we've we've uh, there's 50 percent less encounters by the border patrol." You know why that is? Because the border patrol reaches a point where they are saturated and they can no longer do duty at the entry points. What they have to do is redeploy the the, the border patrol agents into the processing centers. Well, when they're in the processing centers, they are not able to encounter more people on the border. They're too busy doing paperwork. So if you think that there's 50% less people coming through that border, you're as delusional as Secretary Mayorkas.
1: They need to impeach him, just, if nothing else, to just take a stand. There's got to be some punishment. Some There has to be some pushback somewhere. Um, and I think, you know, b- because the people that are saying this to me are in the know and kind of closer to the nerve center than I am right now, I believe they're right about that because that would give a chance for hearings, for him to have to, fl- he does, he blusters his way through all these hearings, yeah. but still they would have proof. We would have all proof for our vis- for our very eyes, and more and more Americans would hear about what's happening.
4: Well, I think if you want to take this seriously, um, you do the math. And if there are 7,000 people coming through the border, and there's been reports that maybe 10,000 coming through the border every day, but if there are 7,000 people coming through that border, that's 2.5 million people in a year. There are six states and the District of Columbia that have less population than 2.5 million. So you let that happen for two or three years. You have, you have gained states the size of Delaware, South Dakota, North Dakota, Alaska, Vermont, and Wyoming. Think about that. You're adding that population in just, if you went six years, you would add the entire population and more than those states.
1: The problem with this situation is because people, unless they live in Texas or they're on the border, they are not seeing this too much yet. Uh, well, and and I and think, so they don't yeah. realize how horrible it is. it's an invasion. It's what took Rome down yes, uh you know, the barbarians came across the border. It's mm-hmm. what uh, was the final nail in the coffin for the for the Roman Empire
4: Well, I think the people of the entire United States need to pay attention to what Ken said about when they tracked the phone numbers of people that were let in I- I- illegally, and in thirty days, they were in four hundred thirty four Of 435 congressional districts in the United States. You know, I don't care if you're in New York City or Tupelo, Mississippi, you are not shielded from these illegals. And while our heart goes out to the people that are looking for a better life
1: individually, yes,
4: you have to be aware that there are drug dealers, human traffickers. People that have lived an entire life being a criminal. Uh, Enemies? Yeah. Remember how President Trump used to talk about, you think these countries are sending their best and brightest, and he got vilified for saying that. He called them rapists. Things. Now, I can't say that that's what they are. But what I am saying is that the the proof is in the pudding, and tons of these people are arrested after they get into the country for felonies and uh, sometimes terrorist acts. So, you know... The proof, the, the the burden should be on the person to prove that they need to be here. The burden should not be on us to just let everybody in and hope for the best.
1: Well, I have to add that my my sources and I I don't know if I've said this on the podcast that there are Islamic cells forming too. They're coming over from all different places in the Middle East and just kind of uh, forming you know little units here and there around. So look, it's happening. Uh, whether we are can see it with our eyes right now or not, and so. Um, Again, our, our hope is in, our hope is in God. God knows all about this. Uh, it's very hard. Uh, solutions are getting harder to find. I still believe that truth, 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 truth is important. And one day uh, I heard um, Tucker Carlson said this, and so I actually listened to what he said. He said, "Save your books, like your books that are real history." Uh, I did that. I just went through all of my books, and I saved a lot of books that were actually more current. I love old, you know, I love history the, in the past, but even current history, the truth about what happened with the Clintons, the truth about what happened in other situations. I've saved all of those because someday it will be impossible to find information about what the truth was about our history. We'll go the way, I think, of the Soviets or, you know, of the Venezuelans or, uh, Lord, help us. maybe Maybe God will... Maybe God will intervene. I, I, He could do that. Of course he could. But I want to give you a practical suggestion. If you've got a pencil and paper, this is an incomplete list, but this is a list of places that I would suggest you go for information. I su- would suggest that you subscribe, consider subscribing, do whatever you have can to get a direct relationship with them so that you can receive information. Because I'm telling you, Google is in the systematic Process of shutting these places down and making it un- unable, making us unable to get them. I would say PJ Media, uh, just the news with John Solomon, just the news. He's a great reporter. American greatness is one of the best. Julie Kelly writes for them. One America News is still a good source for information. Um, I, I think even better than Newsmax, but of course they've been taken off. Uh, television. Far, as far as I know, they're probably on some other platform, but still there. You can find them online right now. Newsmax, uh, as far as television stations are concerned, is the best. Uh, Fox is still good on the border, but I don't know how for how much longer. They got Bill Malugin reporting. He does a great job, but I don't know for how much longer. Newsmax is a more trustworthy source, but there you have to learn their weaknesses too. COVID is one of them. Uh, but these are, the, these are the places. Western Journal is another that I would recommend for you to uh, sign up for and to get your information from them. Uh, then that's not a complete list. That's just off the top of my head this morning. All right. Well, there you go. I'm trying to equip equip you to know how to to deal with what's happening. But as I said recently, you know, just get ready. Get your heart ready. Spend time in the Word uh, and prepare. But God God has placed us in this time and in this place for a reason. So let's rise to the occasion and do our part and just watch as we see history unfold. This has been Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7.